Listen, I'ma get it, you know I be on the way Hey, what's going on, travelers? It's Ricky Ventures and Marlon Madden, and we're back with you for another episode of the Success Journey Show. What's going on, everybody? What's going on? What's, what's good, Marlon? How you doing today? I'm I'm doing well. I, I know some people in other places of the country, they're either getting snow, they're getting a, a, a lot of rain, all these different things. So I have to count my blessings. I have to oh, say yeah. I, 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 I'm appreciative of the weather I'm having, even though it's a little bit nippy, but hey, it could be worse. So yeah. I'm, I'm counting my blessings there. My family is good. Everybody's in good health. And uh, I'm striving, man. How are you, how are you yeah, doing? I'm, I'm doing well. Same thing with this counting the blessings, man. You know, and, and it's one of those things where if you let life just play out in front of you and, and you're not intentional about counting your blessings, you can get caught up in just, one, the routine of life or looking at the lack quote unquote yeah. lack. Yeah. Right. Um, and being intentional and being content and just saying, you know, God, I just want to thank you for everything that you've done for me. Right. I, I remember it would be, I used to have a prayer where I, I used to say, God, you know, if you don't bless me anymore, you've done enough. Yep. Yeah. You've done enough, man. And just being sincere with that, um, that prayer. And, you know, just the amount of doors that open because you're shifting from receiving to where can I be positioned to give? Yeah. Right. Where, where can I be positioned to be a blessing to others? And never wanted, never wanting to forget that we do a lot of different things. We, you know, we're husbands, right? We're men, we're husbands, we're fathers. Um that alone that's three different three different things that we're dealing with every single day then we're at we have jobs you know um we have uh, uh businesses you know like i mean there's so many things and activities that are going on in our lives on every single every single day so it could be so easy to just pause and just say yep. yeah i know i'm grinding i know i'm going through the grind but i gotta pause and just think you know i'm good god like i'm i just thank you. Like, that's it. Like, you know, I, I, I'm good. If you don't give me anything else, I'm good. If, if, if I'm, if my, if, if my season just to give back now, I'm okay with that as well. Like whatever you want of me, you know, let it be. So yeah, dude, I am, I am extremely, extremely happy. I went on a little tangent there, but extremely happy, extremely grateful. I tell you, I tell the, I'll tell the travelers this before we record these podcasts, man, I, my, I'm tired. I feel like falling asleep. Man, yep. by the time we're done, I can't sleep for another hour. That, that's, yep, how, yep, yep. that's how rain is going through. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's how intense it gets. And that's how excited I get about the things that we're able to share. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yep. Hey, way of saying I'm excited. Hey, hitdoctormd.com. Go check it out. Our product is still out there. One of our sponsors, 21 The Net, um, Dr. Gaddis with uh, Trucks on uh, Meals on Wheels. Uh, you guys just go check us out. Hit drmd.com. If you go on socials, that's what it is too. And you'll see what we are. We're partnered with some great people, some great people in different spaces or in the baseball space um, to push our product. And we're also just getting the feedback from everyone that's saying, Hey, your product is really um, adding value to my program. Your, your product is adding value to my son's swing. Whatever the situation is, is it's just a gratification that we get from knowing that, Hey, 
that product that we put out there is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. So like we said, go check out hitdoctormd.com. Um, we actually, all our, we, we, we're actually having a pre, having a preseason sale. Yes, because right baseball yep. is is kicking off. It's yep. kicking off, baseball, so we're having softball. a preseason. Yeah, baseball and softball are kicking off. So preseason sale going on right now. So you want to catch that preseason sale? Go to the uh, hitdoctormd.com. Check out the device. Um, man, it's exciting. We also have it to where if you follow one of our partners and you the only way you can do that is by going to our page and following our page, uh, you get to have an extra discount onto the, the device as well by using their discount code. So yeah, guys, it's exciting what we're doing here. Um, I, I, I'm so in the moment that I, I don't think, I don't think too much, right? I don't think too yep. much. I'm so in the moment. Uh, but when you really start thinking about it, uh, Dude, like, you know, things that we touch, things that we're spending Sundays putting together. Yes. We're, we're, we're spending Sundays, you guys, putting these devices together, you know, over a tuna fish sandwich, right? Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 and then you look and you're online and people from all over the world. Is using it. It's using it. That right there is just some. Um, yeah. You'll like, be able wow, to tell it. We'll be able to tell our story. Yeah, we'll be able to yeah. tell our basil story. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. But hey, man, we're gonna jump to our to our guest today because I, I promise you guys, I promise you, you guys are gonna be excited about this episode um, with the guests that we have coming. But listen, man, um, before we do that, I'm gonna always remind you go check out our website, thesuccessjourneyshow.com. Um, you can find all of our information there. If you have any questions, if you want to leave a review, if you want to leave a comment, please just leave that in the comment field um, or, or send us an email or leave a comment in the, yeah. uh, the, the, the show, in the show. Yep. So anything else, Marlon, before we, we, we cut YouTube, it loose? If, you're, if, if you're listening to this on Apple, Spotify, uh, whatever platform you listen to, we'd greatly appreciate you go over to YouTube, hit that notification bell, subscribe, and uh, let, 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 let's build these uh, followers so we could get this positive uh, information out there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Cool, guys. We'll see you guys in a sec. What's going on, travelers? Uh, we are at the favorite, our favorite segment of the show where we get to bring on a guest um, that gets to share a little bit about their journey. And today we have none other than Kevin Karchner. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today, man. How are you doing today? So good. Thank you guys for having me on. Super excited to be here. Good. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, Kevin, you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to pretend, man. Hey. We could tell him that Ricky practiced that name about your last name about 15 times <laughs> in the green room. I was sweating over here like, oh, man, it was man, perfect. It was right, perfect. Man. All right. All hey, you right, know, all the, right. the most nervous part of this show for me, all the listeners out there, is making sure I pronounce our guest names right. Because, man, they're coming on our show, man. I want to make sure they're represented well, right? So out of all everything that goes on on this podcast, that's the only part. If I get through that, 
I'm good to go. Right. All right. So now we're ready to go. <laughs> Kevin, man, thanks for joining us. Um, we're so excited to dive into your story. There's so many unique things and exciting things that you've done in life, um, where you live, things you accomplish, uh, 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 different events that you're having, books that you develop, like, man, all these different things, man. And we're going to dive into all of it. So, Kevin, why don't you start off just sharing with our travelers from around the world uh, just a little bit about yourself. Who is Kevin? Yeah, of course. And uh, thank you guys again so much for having me on. I know the work that goes into having a podcast. And um, for your listeners, you guys are in the right place. These guys are awesome. They're bringing in um, a lot of value for you. So my story, um, you're just giving me an open field just as long as I want. There you huh? go. Yeah, you go. yeah, as long <laughs> as you want. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, feel free to ask questions and interject as I go yeah, through sure. this. And, and I'll yeah. uh, keep it brief and we can dive into whatever you want. But yeah, sure. so when I was um, 14 years old, 13 or 14 years old, my uncle gave me the audio version of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I always say there's a lot of ways to screw up a kid. And that's one of them because from there on out, I was, you know, indoctrinated by Robert Kiyosaki about investing, business, real estate, all that good stuff. And uh, I, growing up after that, whenever someone would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would say investor and business owner. And granted, I had no idea how to do that. Zero, zero percent idea how to do that. But I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, and so, you know, I'll, I'll share this little part. So, but between the ages of uh, 15 and 21 or 15 and 19, I was actually a professional extreme unicyclist. So I was yes. spo sponsored, um, went to national competitions, went to the world championships. Um, and that was like my life. So not much business, but I was in a professional extreme unicyclist and I probably would still be doing it if it paid any money whatsoever, but it does not. <laughs> and I don't think anybody has figured out how to monetize it up until this point. So uh -huh. I it's, guess it's a good thing I got out, but it was super fun. Man, you got um, pause right there real quick, man. You cannot brush over that that <laughs> fast, right? I know you're saying no, no money in it and everything, but explain the people to make sure they heard you correctly. What exactly were you a champion in. I heard it, but I just want them to slow down and say exactly yeah, yeah, what yeah. you're doing. Yeah. Um, professional extreme unicycling. So that thing with one wheel, the famous comment that I'd get as I was riding down the street is, Hey, you lost a wheel because there's just <laughs> one wheel. Um, and it's just super random that I got into it and whatever, but I actually, my uh, expertise was the street category. Okay. And so what that consists of is Similar to skateboarding, you know, um, doing tricks downstairs, grinding rails, jumping mm -hmm. down stuff. If you Google my name, um, Unicycle Freestyle Kevin Karchner, there's the number one most viewed extreme unicycle video in the world by Devin Supertramp. It has like 2.8 million views. And oh. so, uh, yeah, that's... Wow, wow, wow. We, we got we to gotta find a way to get a little sample of that on. Yeah, so Jay... Listening, listening. Yeah, Jay. we're going to have to give... That's our editor. We're going to have to put yeah, Jay yeah. on... On task, you're gonna have to put that in. We're gonna find a way how to make some money. On a unicycle. Yeah, I mean, you know, nowadays with uh TikTok and Instagram, oh, you Rex, amazing. whatever. Yeah, I think I think there's a better chance. Yeah. Um, but this was, I mean, in 2011 where Facebook was new. I mean, when I started unicycling, the way that I'd communicate with other unicyclists, and I'm not that old, is uh through forums. Um, yeah. we didn't have Facebook. It wasn't until 
later that we even used Facebook to communicate. So, wow, wow. but I'm sure there is a, a way today it would be riding around on a unicycle, teaching people how to do whatever, which I need to do more of my, my media team says, dude, you got to get on the unicycle more. It's so unique. Listen but, to them. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, are you dusted <laughs> off, man? And get, get, keep going out there, man. So I do, uh, I do some triathlons and I do the biking portion on a unicycle. This is even crazier on a unicycle where the wheel is three feet. So it's a huge wheel, but then you can go a little bit faster. Triathlon. Triathlon. And I do the biking portion on a unicycle. (laughs) So it's just, it's random, but I want to, I wanted to keep doing it, but not do the tricks where I would get hurt because I want to be able to play with my grandkids and stuff like that so that's kind of the the logic behind it and how for for people triathlon how far is the cycling portion of the triathlon so the the longest one i've done is an olympic distance and it's 25 miles on a unicycle what you your calves must be like super huge Uh, no i'm just kidding (laughs) Man, that is yo, crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, man. That's that. Uh, yo, you know that would in itself is a story right there. Just yeah. doing something different. Um, and it shows probably part of part of your character is that you like to be different. You know, just like how you said when you got that rich dad poor dad, um, book that you as a child you you didn't say oh I want to be a doctor or I want to be a lawyer I want to be you said investor or business um business owner business so. Owner. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you, the same thing happened to me with Red Dash, and I'll t- and I'll tell you. At first, I didn't even read the whole book. I started to read, and my mind just went like this, and I just start implement every anything I read. I implemented. Then I went back and start reading. I went back and start reading again. And I'm gonna tell you that book is that book is good. Um, of course, there's five different thousand ways you have all the different gurus, but I like. I like Kiyosaki and some of his ideas. What have you implemented? Well, let's not do that. What happened after Unicycle? Yeah, yeah. Talk about after Unicycle. 15, yeah. 15, between 15 and 19, you do the <clears throat> Unicycle. After night, when, once you, you, you're waiting tables and your mother's like, hey, listen, <laughs> <laughs> I put no more gas in your car. You're going to have to Unicycle your way all the way to yeah. work. What, yeah, <laughs> what exactly. happened after that? So uh, when I was 19 years old, um, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so all right. um, typically when um, young men turn 18 or 19 years old, they yep. serve a two-year mission. Yep. And so I got called to serve in Merida, Mexico, which is the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico. Mm-hmm. It included Cancun and that area, which may answer your question that we can go into later. But so I served in Mexico for two years, didn't speak the language, didn't get paid to do it, had to volunteer. And but I shared um, the gospel of Jesus Christ with yeah. with the people here. Grew to love the people, learned Spanish, and that was a very pivotal time in my life. And I talk about it in my book. But uh, up until that point, another book that I had read was The Secret about the Law of Attraction, mm-hmm. and um, I just loved it. I'd watch the video, I'd read the book, and I just like this is it. I love this. Like all I have to do is think about it, and just like a chef at a restaurant, you know, the waiter will deliver to me whatever I can think of. Now we all know that that's bogus and that, I mean, the law of attraction is real, but like, if you just think about it, nothing's going to happen, but I didn't know that. Yeah. And so I would, I remember I was younger and I wanted this red go-kart and I'd visualize it over and over and over. I never got a red go-kart. Um, just never showed up on my doorstep. And (laughs) that was kind of my life was my goals were accomplished by chance and not by choice. Like 
they weren't my choice because I wasn't doing anything. Mm. And when I got on my mission, I really wanted to help a lot of people, but that same mentality of like set big goals, but I wouldn't take the, I wouldn't really take the action behind it. Um, Mm. in unicycling, the reason I was successful is because I just do it all day, every day. And I just fail and try and try and try again. I just, I loved it. But, um, and so I get to my mission and I'm struggling and I get a companion. He's half my height. I'm six foot four. He's from Pueblo, Mexico. He's half my height. Really, really cool guy. He couldn't read when he got on the mission. He mm-hmm. learned to read on the mission. Very humble, humble guy. And he's like, okay, hey, we're going to set these big goals. And I'm like, yeah, I've heard this before. Da, da, da. He's like, no, we're really going to do it. I'm like, okay, yeah, I know. I know we're going to do it. I believe, but I'd never seen it happen. And he was the one that taught me talk is cheap. Like you got to take massive action. And we would talk to everyone like on our morning runs. We talked to, you know, a mom and her son walking, walking her son to school. We talked to people in the taxis. We talked to so many taxi drivers that one company taxi company in that city would not pick us up anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and so we just talk it to so many people and we started to see a lot of success and it just like flipped a switch in my mind. I'm like, oh, I, nothing was wrong with me. I just didn't ever take enough action. I just didn't do enough. And that changed my life. Um, and uh, so I finished serving a mission. And I want to, again, I want to be a business owner. and I want to be an investor, but have no idea how to do it. They didn't teach it to me in school. I haven't learned it to this point. Um, and despite coming from a very entrepreneurial family, it wasn't ever like push. My dad was like, yeah, go to college, get a degree in accounting because it's a language of business. So that's what I did. Um, graduated in accounting and, uh, I thought, okay, going to go work for a company, learn, learn some, learn from them. And then I'll go start my own business. And I, uh, started doing accounting for one of the largest real estate companies in Utah. And it was really good learning experience, but about 10 months in, I was making 60 grand a year and, uh, I was a single guy. didn't have a lot of expenses. 10 months in, I'd saved about $9,000 and, um, not bad. So I was like, cool, $9,000. And then I met a girl uh, who's now my wife. And that $9,000 turned into her ring and bank account empty. And I had this realization of like, crap, like if I want to really be an investor in multifamily apartments, like I've always wanted to, this is not going to, this is just not going to happen. And that's when I remembered in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, when he teaches that sales is one of the greatest skills you can learn. Correct. And learn sales, you can go anywhere and do anything. And I remembered the story of, you know, the lady that um, walked in and said, hey, I want to be a best-selling author. And and uh, he's like, uh, she was a journalist, so she was a very good writer. And he's like, well, you should take this sales course and it'll teach you how to sell and you can become a best-selling author. And she's like, sales? No, I will never do sales. I will never stoop to the level of a salesperson. And as she was walking out, he lifted up the book and said, hey, it says best-selling author not best written author. Yeah, there yeah, yeah, yeah. And there I remembered go. that. And I was like, I don't know how to sell. I was like, I got to learn how to sell. So I actually started praying for a sales job. Now, most people mm-hmm. pray to never talk to a salesperson, to never do sales. <laughs> and here I was praying for a sales job. And I remember for seven days straight, every night I prayed, I want to do sales. Please bless me with a sales job. And on the seventh day, I was going to breakfast with my fiance, um, who's now my wife. And we ran into one of my friends from church who was hiring for salespeople. And I was wow. like, okay, we got to sit down with you. Like, tell me about it. Tell me about it. What is it? And two, two weeks later, quit my job and uh, started selling. It's all commission, um, which is not good for a newlywed 
guy trying yeah, to make ends yeah. meet. So I was like, I either had to learn to sell or move in with my in-laws. And I love my in-laws, but I did not want to move in with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. So yeah. I had to learn how to sell and they didn't really have any training or anything. And my training was like my first day, I kid you not, was, hey, do you have a cell phone? I'm like, yeah, I got a cell phone. He's like, okay, you got internet? I'm like, yeah, I got internet. He's like, okay, Google businesses and start cold calling them. And I'm like, what? And he's like, okay, I got to go. Like, good luck. And I'm like, really? And uh, that was like it. And so I had to, you know, read all the sales books I could, all the programs, just became a student of sales and wow. ended up being the director of sales for that company um, six months later. And wow. that was like an MBA in business because it was a startup. So I had to learn sales, marketing, customer service, hiring. Like I, I was helping out with everything. Um, about nine months, nine or 10 months into it, um, my dad, who owns a big home building company, called me. He's like, hey, and I, I anyway, he says, hey, uh, you know, you should come sell homes for us. It's a good opportunity. It's a good time. And I was like, now? Like, I don't really want to now. Like maybe in five years, 10 years, maybe come do the family business thing, but I, I want to keep learning. I want to keep going to different companies and learn what they do. Yeah. And he's a very good salesperson. So he, uh, great about it and everything. And, <laughs> uh, so we ended up going and, and, uh, moving and I sold homes for my dad. And what was interesting is I had only known outbound sales up to this point. It was pick up the phone, cold call someone, get sworn at, get yelled at. Like, and so I had to be super quick, like, in yeah. cold calling, you can't mess up. You can't say a oh, word right. wrong. Any pauses and they'll hang up on you. Yeah. Um, and new home sales is the opposite. New home sales people sit in, sit in the nice air-conditioned office. And just sit nice. down for a long time. Yeah, they just they sit there. If no one comes in the door, it's just a slow day. Nothing to it. Tomorrow will be better. And so I get there and it's a slow day. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? They're like, it's a slow day. No one's coming in today. I'm like, uh, what do you mean? Like, don't we just cold call people and like go knock doors and stuff? And they're like, what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, check this out. And so I started taking all my outbound skills and implementing in with the inbound. And I outsold everyone by two times. Like I was selling homes left and right. Wow. And, uh, because I sold 200 homes in one year mm. or yeah, 200 homes in one year, which was like crazy. That's crazy. Um, and, your uh, dad was loving you. My dad was loving me. I became the director of sales and, uh, this was about two years in. And then, you know, I had it set up working for my dad's company, director of sales. He wanted me to continue moving up, take over the company, but something in my heart and my mind oh, said, boy. not here. Mm. I was like, what? But this is like perfect, right? Like, why would I leave? And, and I keep having the thought, like, what if you do something else? What if you go do your own thing? And whether it's pride of wanting to prove myself or whatever you'd call it, I just had this nagging, like, you need to do something else. So I, again, you'll find this repetition in my story is like, I started to pray. What should I do? I feel like I should do something else, but I don't know what to do. And around this time, um, a little bit before that, actually, one of my neighbors who was in sales was like, hey, man, I know you're in sales. I know you do well. Um, what uh and I have to go back, actually. I think it was 125 homes in a year, not 200. I think I may have may have fudged the number. I need to go double check. I don't want to lie. So let's just say 125. But even over, even over 100, that's a lot. Okay. 100 homes. That's that, that's more that's than a lot. community. Well, depending. Yeah, well, um, in Utah, you guys have big communities because you guys have big. Yeah, yeah. like townhomes and all yep. those things. 
So my buddy, my neighbor calls me up. He's like, dude, you're doing good in sales. Um, or I think you are. And uh, can you like give me some pointers? I'm in sales. I'm struggling. I'm like, never done that before, but sure. Come on over. Like literally right across the street neighbor comes over and I'm like, okay, what are you struggling with? He's like this, 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 and this. I'm like, oh, that's easy. He's like, I'm like, do this, do this, do this, say this, get this book. I ordered him the book. I'm like, try that. And the next week he closed more deals than he'd ever had and made more money in one week than he'd ever had in any other week in his life. And he's like, dude, thank you so much. And he actually two years or a year and a half after that made $200,000 in a year. Now he's the CEO of this um, $8 million or $5 million a year company. Now, did I have everything to do with that? No, but yeah, like so I think helped out. I mean, yeah, he should give you a five percent. You know what I'm saying? He should Fighters give me five percent. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, um, but so that's I, I the heard, first. I yeah, heard yeah. Real, real quick before you go. We, you said the first thing, right? I heard a quick nugget in there. I want to make sure I don't forget it. The book. What book did you tell him to read? It was uh, the Closer Survival Guide by Grant Cardone. He would um, struggled with closing, and so he just he didn't have an arsenal of closes. He didn't know what to say when they said no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm t- that's that. Well, he, sorry, I'm not gonna. T- you're 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 more seasoned. Than that. A lot of times, that's because they don't want to hear no. Yeah, no. So, so, so yeah. So sometimes they don't want to ask that hard question or put the person at a point of friction to make a choice. Because when you get the no, then you could say, okay. Oh man, I could appreciate. What, why you said no, and I could see that this doesn't align with what you're saying. But can you tell me if, if what would make this more appealing to you? Da, 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 da. And the person says, This is, they said, Oh, okay. Oh, maybe I didn't cover that very well with you. In this plan, we have that. Da, 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 then you go through it, right? So, yep. so a lot, a, a lot of time, a lot of times, people just hearing that no cause them not to ask that. Okay, so, um, all right, so we'll talk again tomorrow, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's the fight or flight response, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. So yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but that I mean, I just had it every time I hear the little nuggets, man. I, I gotta make sure I pull it out, not just for myself, but for the okay. listeners that are and out. I'll there. even tell you the specific clothes that I recommended to use. I've never shared this on a podcast. So you guys are getting yeah. exclusive, exclusive. Oh, oh exclusive. Exclusive. I said, uh, he's like, people keep telling me they need to wait on it. And I was like, Hey, I know you have a good product. I know it's good. I'm like, use this, say this. And, um, I said, when they say they need to wait about it, just say, Hey, well, let me ask you this. Are you going to do this sooner or later? And they're going to say, yeah, we're going to do this. Hey, well, I know you're super busy. Let's just do it right now and get it taken care of. What's the best credit card to put it on? Mm-hmm. And he used that. And the next day or like two days later, he's like, dude, I used it and it worked or whatever. And you don't have to say like credit card. You can say, hey, let's yeah, just yeah, do it right now. Like, yeah, yeah, I just yeah, want to yeah. take care of you right now. Yeah, yeah. What's the Kevin, worst that can happen? So, Kevin, let me tell you something. What's funny about those steps are, I'll tell you this, I'm the Marine Corps recruiter, right? <laughs> In recruiting school, they have a one scenario. You know how when you, when you just do the, um, you know, role playing. So... Yeah. The scenario was the person didn't want to cut their hair, right? Drawback or, or drawback. That's a drawback. So they had the steps. So I'm recruiting. I'm going through this kid and this kid says, listen, I just don't want to cut my hair. And I said, oh, man. And I went verbatim. I said, man, I, I wish I had hair like you, bro. I understand totally why you don't want to cut your hair. But you remember today when we talked about how 
if you did this, your parents would feel proud and da, 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 da. And I went through all the different things he talked about. And I said, now doesn't gold benefit outweigh your concerns? And the kid was like, yeah, it does. And I was like this. I had to look like, is somebody playing a prank on me? Because it played out exactly <laughs> like we practiced it. Yeah, It's crazy. Yeah. And that's really like the closing. Like most people are pretty good with having a conversation, like figuring out what's going on. I have those steps in my program that we detail, but the closing is where most people struggle. But if you can just memorize, like you're going to get the five objections, the same like money, time, talk to my spouse, whatever, like the same objection. So if you can just memorize 20, 15, 10 to 20 responses and just like have those, you're going to be good. So that's awesome. Mm. I love that. Uh, my boss man. didn't like this one before we, we get off this. My boss didn't like this one. I had this close. Right. And I said, and I said, after the finish, I go, Hey, um, the person I'd say, Hey, from a scale from one to 10, one being, I don't want to be a Marine and 10 being, I want to be a Marine. Where do you, where, where, where do you, where do yep. you fall? And the person, and he would be like, man, I'm at a seven. I said, you're at a seven. I thought you'd be more at a five or four from the way you're talking, man. What would bring you from that seven to that, to, 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 to that 10. And then they start talking. He's like, I don't like that clothes. That clothes is, it's not a hard clothes. I was like, what? You don't have to always hard close them, but I get, you, you know what the disinterest is or, or, or the drawback right away. And then I get to address it. And then once I address it, I hard close them right after that because I gave them their disinterest. And then I say, okay, boom, here you go. And yeah, then, and, and then that, that, that worked. It worked for me. Cause that was a great, <laughs> Hey, I'll tell you not great enough. Your church, you, they're great. You know how many of them I try to talk off of getting off that two, two year um, program. I'll be like, man, oh, you yeah. you're ready. I'm like, you did one year already. You really want to be a Marine, right? Yeah, I really want to be a Marine, but I have to do these two years. And I'm like, come on, brother. You don't think you could, you, you can't, you could go into service and still talk to people about God. Come on, man. <laughs> You're competing with God on that one. You will not get him off that two week. I have never, I have never succeeded. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so man. so Kevin, man. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I'm I'm glad yeah. we did to go on that that road because it's a uh I, I, that's a struggle that I'm gonna say personally that I've I've had with the closing, right? I could talk to anybody, I can I can get to build a rapport, I can, you know, just really pull them all the way in. But when it comes to that close, hearing that no, like that Marlon said, it's just like sometimes it's just uh, 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 so now I'm talking about the money. Uh, do you want? <laughs> so there's a really good book um, called Objections by Jeb Blunt. He's a really, really good salesperson. He also writes a really good book called Fanatical Prospecting um, for the for recruiting, I think, Marines. Okay. Um, but anyway, so he says um, you need to have a ledge. When someone says no, your fight or flight comes up. So you need to have a ledge, something that you just say to calm yourself down. For me, what I teach is. After anyone says no, you just agree with whatever they say because you want to be mm. on the same team as them. You don't want to create a wall. And so, right. hey, I agree with you. I totally get it. You know, if I was you, I'd want to talk to my spouse as well. Like it makes sense. And then you talk to yourself down and they say, okay, is there anything else? And anyway, so I, I, we could talk sales. Yeah, on that. Yeah. I love sales. <laughs> no, no, I'm telling you, I love the art of sales. And Rick, no, I don't want to, Rick, you, you had some questions about the closing. Uh, you you go ahead. No, no, no. I was actually gonna. Sales. I was gonna. I was actually gonna push it to the to the to the um to the next area. So if you have one more thing about the sales, go ahead, man. Then we'll then we'll it's, continue on with the story. But the thing about the sales is, 
you use it in every every area of your life. Because I'm also, yeah. in the, well, I'm in the military. So if I have somebody that, if I'm going into a room with somebody that's a high rank than me and they have a, this is the mission I want. And they're like, hey, we, I want to do X. And I say, oh, I could definitely understand how we, um, you, you, you want to do X. And I want to do it too. But what's the real mission? And they're like, well, this is the mission. I said, so the mission is the most important thing to you, correct? They're like, yeah, the mission is the most important thing. So if we get to the mission by doing da-da-da-da-da, would that suffice for what you want to do? And they're like, you know what? It will. Okay, thank you. And then I go out and I, and I execute what I just wanted to do. But sales work on any, because you know have to learn how to, talk up, how to talk up the chain and down the chain. Um, and also when I want my subordinates to move, I need, the, I, need to, I need to be able to talk to them to get them to move right. the way I want them to move without thinking that I'm saying, you have to do this. Because I could do it. We're in the military. But I want you to have that buy-in. And yeah. once we have that buy-in, and it's usually uh, it, my pr- pride of belonging is what I use. Listen, man, on our team, we're number one. You're on our team. This is what I, I, I expect you to be number one. Da-da-da, and we go through and then we say, so when we have a task, I'm like, hey, we're going to attack this like we're number one. Good. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're going to attack like, yeah, what do you have to do to be number one in this instance? And they'll yeah. say, oh, I have to do this. Da, 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 da. Okay, good. Let's attack it. So that's talking that's up and down the chain is um, and sales is also perfect. I love that. That's, that's, yeah. Um, you use it, you know, to get married. I have a 13 month old son get, to get him to, to eat his food. What I'll actually do is I'll get a can of whipped cream and pretend like I'm giving him the whipped cream and give him his food so that now I got to sell him to eat that food, man. So yeah, sales is everything. Uh, I love it. So, so we, we ended, we stopped off where we paused, I should say, where you helped his your friend, your friend, your, your yep. friend. I helped my friend. Um, and after that exchange, it was the first time I'd ever, I'd ever thought like, maybe I could do this for a living. Maybe I could help people grow their sales and whatever for a living. That was the first time it ever entered my mind. And then around that time, I'm like, ah, I don't really want to keep working for the family company. I know it's perfect setup and everything, but I want to go on my own and prove myself and everything like that. So I start praying and uh, I get this guy's name in my head as I'm praying. I'm like, you should reach out to him. I'm like, he doesn't know who I am. He he owns this big real estate company in, in Salt Lake City, Utah. Like, ah, I'm not going to reach out to him. And uh, two weeks later, I'm praying and like, God hit me in the back of the head with a two by four. It's like, no, reach out to this guy. So I was like, okay. So pull out my phone right as I'm praying, after I'm praying. And I um, had his email because he'd spoken in one of my classes. And uh, I'm typing up the email. Hey, I don't know why, but like, you have 30 minutes. I could um, share with you what I'm thinking. And uh, that was the next day was Friday. And so Friday at 1130, I go in my car. I say, hey, man. I don't really know why I'm supposed to be here, but here's my situation. I work for my dad, da, 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 da. And he's like, what's interesting is my brother went and worked for my dad in real estate and I didn't. And I was like, really? I didn't know that about you. And he went on to explain exactly what I needed to hear around working for a family company or not. And I was like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And then um, 3, 3 30, 4 p.m. later that day, I had a meeting with my dad. I was like, hey, like I'm done. I'm going to go do my own thing. Um, and that was that. Like, that fast his top sales guy his top sales guy and the director of sales yeah and it was that conversation that i had with him that day it was either hey do you want to become the vice president or maybe the president of this and keep growing or what do you want to do and he was super supportive and um i'm sure 
you know, in some regards, he feels really bad about it and wishes I was there, but very supportive and through, through the whole thing. And uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. I just, I guess going back a little bit, um, I you felt very dad, strongly. Tell your dad, you could have, you could have told me, Hey, just hire me as a consultant and I'll just train all yeah, you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but I think what frustrated me the most was there was a lot of complacency in the culture and uh, a players don't like to be around. I mean, this is, sounds mean, but like a players want to be with other a players. Like yeah. 100%. Win. Yeah. And 100%. so it was just very frustrating, which is where the fight against mediocrity was born. I started to get sick of the complacency and I was like, I was listening to Darren Hardy's book, Entrepreneurship Roller Coaster, one morning at the gym. Mm. And he said, sometimes um, what you love is what fuels you, but sometimes what you hate is what fuels you. And I started thinking about that. And he's like, there's opposites in everything. He's like, you got the sun, you got the moon, you got good, you got evil, you have God, you have Satan. And uh, I was like, yeah, well, I love success. I love striving. I love reaching for more. And I'm like, what does that mean? I hate. And like, I was thinking about it. I'm like the fight against mediocrity. And the first time I said it out loud, I got chills. I was like, that's it. Mm. And after that, so this was like a year before I quit my job. I pro I need to make sure I get this in the story a little bit better, but I started writing a book called talk is cheap to fight against mediocrity. And it wasn't like I, like I'd always wanted to write a book and stuff, but it almost, it was just like came to me like every morning at the gym while I was listening to books and stuff, I'd be like, that needs to be chapter one. That's chapter two. That's chapter three. And just like, it just came to me. And so, um, around the time that I quit my dad's company, I was just finishing up the book. And so kind of launched the book. Um, I paid a company $18,000 to teach me how to run a coaching company and, uh, started it, finished the book. And that was how the fight against mediocrity program was born. And we help, um, young entrepreneurs, typically sole entrepreneurs who are newer first year of business, um, scale to six figures and beyond. And, uh, yeah, we've been able to do it at a high level. Um, it's really cool. We just surveyed all of our clients. And for those who stay in the program six to 12 months on average, increase their income 150%, which is really cool. So wow. yeah, that's that's the story. And this, that's what I'm in right now, the thick of the fight against mediocrity. Oh, yeah. man. I love it, dude. Hey, you're listening to the Success Journey Show. Just a reminder, follow us on our social media at the Success Journey Show on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Also, you can check us out on our website at thesuccessjourneyshow.com. Enjoy the rest of the show. I'm in the same fight. Yeah. We all are. <laughs> I'm telling you. And 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 I, I, I explained to some people that I was around the other day, it feels like you're in a matrix because you're talking to people and you're looking and you're like, man, you, you don't even want to talk to them anymore. You're like, man, all right, man. Uh, all right. Thanks. Hey, hey I got to go do Because like you said, you want to be around somebody else that's going to stimulate or even so you could say, oh, man, I never thought about that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thanks for that. That's the kind of people you want to be around. And I always tell people you never see eagles flying with seagulls. Right. Yeah, I love that. The, the eagles always up here and they say, hey, if you want to. <laughs> if you want to be up in my in my sphere, you gotta climb. So the the there's something about when you when you have now, how does that play against you negatively though? In terms of sometimes with relationships, because you have to understand where that person's coming from. How does that play with you in, in relationships? 
good question. Um, uh, here, help me understand the question. How did what play with me in relationship? So I have a friend. The friend wants to do something, right? Take one of your your clients. They'll come to you. They'll say, "Hey, Kev, listen, man, I wanna." I always say this, like, because your name is Kevin. Can I call you Kev? You're right? Yeah, of course. Part of sales. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, hey, Kev. So, hey, Kev, I want to get six figure by December. Come on, let's lay down a plan. And then you're laying out a plan for them. And you don't see them trying to move how, what they need to actually do. They'll talk it, but they're not actually implement what they're doing. How did that work in that? What's the dynamics of that relationship? How do you work through that? Not to just say, okay, let me push you by the wayside and go to the next person. How do you work through that relationship? Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're talking in terms of my clients, um, once someone like joins the fan program, it ended up just being fan program. Fight against mediocrity just ended up being. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I did it. not. <laughs> I did not do that on purpose. It just. Yeah, I love it. God's hand. Yeah. Um, Someone joins the fam that shows that investment of time, money, energy. It shows to me that they want, want success. Now, what ends up happening just naturally is those that take action just end up getting more attention um, than those that don't take, take action. And it's, so I think it's more natural in that sense in terms of clients, but as long as they're like, have the desire and moving, I'm always willing to help, but it's interesting because um there's a book i've mentioned a lot of books i don't feel like no 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 that's great i'm I'm writing them all down there's a book called above the line by urban meyer and he was the ohio state football coach you football coach uh won the championship at uh utah and ohio i think yeah um he said uh he's like most leaders think they need to spend their time with the bottom 20 percent or maybe it was 10% or something. He's like, that's actually not what you should do. You should spend most of your time with the top uh, 10% yeah. and encourage them to go lift up the middle 80% mm. to the top 10%. And mm. he's like, as bad as it sounds, the bottom 10%, um, they're at the bottom of the 10% because they don't want to. Yeah, They right. don't want to change. And so if you try to change them, you're just going to be hitting your head up against the wall over and over and over again. And so I think, you know, just like God does for us, we can give someone all the opportunities in the world, but they've got to really grab it and move. Yeah. And it's interesting because someone the other day asked me, they're like, man, how do you network with people? And how do you like talk to these people um, who like are for lack of better terms, way out of, you know, your league or our league or whatever, like these big people. And I'm like, I think a big part of it, number one, just ask. But I think the second big part of it is um, they look at me and they just see me trying, like trying, trying and trying. Mm. And like, even though I fall sometimes, like I just keep trying. And I think some people, they think, oh, well, they should just want to talk to me, even though I have this business idea, but I haven't posted about it. I haven't done anything about it. And so I think just, you know. That we went way off of your question, but no, 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 you're on track. You're answering it. You're answering it. The, the, you, you hit on some points. And for me yeah. as a leader, that is a very hard pill to swallow when you have to just say, listen, I have to leave my 10% at the bottom. They're just going to have to be that sediment at the bottom and they're going to have to go, go through the strainer. I, I don't know how, how, 
it's very hard as a leader because, you know, you want to have that story where this guy was a mess up and I took him and made him into da 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 da. You want to have that story. But sometimes by playing, by, by focusing on that, te- that bottom 10%, you neglect the other people. And, and, and like you're saying, I want to be able to, I don't want to have to work as hard in terms of if I teach that top 10% how to fix that 80%, I'll have more um, productivity than than me just focusing on that bottom 10%. Yeah. Or it will give me more time to focus on that bottom 10% later on, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I mean, two things to that. Urban Meyer said um, he would tell his top 10%. He's like, you can't come to the gym at 4 a.m. anymore unless you bring one of the 80%. Like, you mm-hmm. got to bring them with you. And so making sure that they know. But I think, too... Um, I think six, like, I'm sure you guys get asked and I get asked and, and everyone gets asked, like, how did you do it? How do I do it? How do you, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so, um, I think, a, I think a good way to gauge whether someone's serious or not is say, Hey, you know how I did it? You know, go read this book or go do this thing. Come back to me and tell me yeah. do it and come back, which is very, very few people will do it. Yeah. Then you can say, okay, I can tell this guy actually wants to change. He actually wants to get out of the rut, but, um, if you like give them, this is what you should do. And they don't, I mean, I don't know what do you do at that point. You know what I mean? Like I always say, I can give someone all the skills, the knowledge, teach them, but I can't give someone desire. You just can't. Yeah, you can't, you can't. And you, and you will struggle and your energy would be uh, wasted when it can be better used in other ways. And, and, and as a people that I, I struggle with that, Kevin, as you said, it, because as people that want to help, like I, I want to see people around me succeed. I want to be that lending hand. I want to, but it, sometimes it's the hardest thing of saying, you know what? I, I, I just, I just can't do this right now. I can't. I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, I will continue to lead by example and hope that you pick up what I'm doing here. But I gotta, I gotta run. I gotta run, and I gotta run with the guys that are gonna run and feed them. Cause that's, that's my struggle. A lot of times is finding matching. Ma- finding people that can match my effort right mm. and marlon would know this like you know we'll have things to do and i'm just like all right let me just knock it out right and sometimes you'll you'll give a little bit to someone to see what they can do to keep up with to keep up with it and they can keep up with like oh honestly i don't want to do it i i, no. I honestly do not want to do it but i know that if i do not do it it won't get done to the the time frame the level of, of, of deliverable that I want to see it at perfectionalism. So it's so hard, but I, I tell you what, when you find those people that can run it, it can deliver. Oh my goodness, man. It feels so good. Cause you're like, yo, that you're on my team. Let's do this. Let's run. I'm going to give you as much as I can. Uh, so you can help build up and help grow um, and just keep running from there. But one question I want to ask you, Kev, because like yourself, man, I go through a lot of periods of, um, not a lot of peers, uh, but there's a lot of transitions that has happened in my life. And all those transitions have completely be, been attributed to me being on my knees. God, what do you want me to do? Correct. Like, God, I mean, there's some days, Kevin, where I stop doing everything that I'm doing. I'm just feeling like, man, like what's something else? And I'm just like, God, I just, need, I just need some time just to talk to you. And you don't got to say nothing back. I just got to get things off my chest. I just got to know like what direction is next next have you ever sat in 
something that you know that God has shown you to do and you and you're act, actively doing it, but then you sat in those moments of of doubt, right? Like you're in the middle of it, but then that moment of doubt comes in and you're like, man, is this really what I should be doing right now? You know, I, talk, talk about that. Cause there's a lot of people and I've been there myself a lot of times. Good question. I know a lot of people have been there themselves uh, and it's hard to explain how to kind of maneuver through that without having a foundation. But I don't want, I don't want to give my whole thoughts about it. I want to hear what you think about that aspect of it. Yeah. So it's really interesting. Um, I think when I started the fight against mediocrity, it was like four or five months in I'd, I'd, uh, signed up several clients and, and was making money. Like I was profitable, but, uh, it wasn't as good as what I wanted it to be. And it was hard and getting told no to, and it's just, it's just hard. It's hard starting a business. And I remember thinking, so this was at the point where it was hard. Now, granted, if you just step back and look at it, I'd been doing it for like five months. Whoever does something perfectly after five months, like, why was I sitting there crying? I was just like, if I could go back, I'd just be like, no, just work harder. Like keep working only five months in like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And, but in that moment, it was really hard. And I remember getting on my knees and saying like, I know this is where I was guided, but is this really what I'm supposed to do? Like, because part of it was like, and this is, this is, uh, kind of just my play on it. I mean, money's important, but it's not everything. And so in the, I kept feeling like almost guilty of like, do I really want to teach people how to make more money? Like, isn't there something more meaningful I could do with my life? Like, mm. do you really care if I help people make more money? Um, which now I've worked through and I could tell that story of like why it actually is. And I yeah. enjoy it. But, uh, I was just like struggling. And so I got on my knees. I'm like, is this what you want me to do? Because I will do anything. You just tell me. And basically saying like, this is hard. Can I do something else, please? Um, and uh, I went to the gym that morning. I I'd go to the gym typically uh, around um, 4.30. And uh, I can't here in Mexico because the gym doesn't open till six. So I'm re redoing my morning routine. And I don't oh, like man. it, but... <laughs> 4.30. And so I was at the gym. I was like 4.45, 5. And a guy, and I, I, you know, at the gym, I put on my headphones and I just do my workout and just very therapeutic. I put on a podcast or something. So I don't yeah, really yeah. talk to anybody. And um, a guy walks up to me, really big guy. And he's like, hey, man, like I see you here every day. What do you do? Like, what do you do for work? Why are you here so early? I was like, oh, I own my own business. And he's like, oh, that makes sense. I'm like, he's like, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I wrote a book and I teach sales. And I wanted to say, I don't really know, but it's like, Oh, I wrote a book. I, I help people with teach sales and stuff. And he's like, man, you changed my life. And I was mm -hmm. like, what? I don't, I don't know who you are. Like, how did I change your life? He's like, well, not you, but someone like you changed my life. And he started tearing up and he's like, keep doing what you're doing. You're changing people's lives mm -hmm. and just walked off. And I was like, Okay, I got I got the the message. I'll keep doing this. I'll keep going. Um, but that doesn't mean that even since that day, there's been hard times and there's been days where I'm just like, man, this sucks. What I've found, and this is what I'll tell most people, especially entrepreneurs. Um, entrepreneurs are notorious for getting an idea, trying it, realizing how hard it is, and saying, That's hard. I'm gonna do something else. Yes. Flipping houses is hard. I'm going to go start a lawn care company. Lawn care is hard. I'm going to go be a roofer. Huh? It's just, you know what I mean? It's just you hop to idea. 
And what I learned is in that moment when it's hard, it's not that you shouldn't do it. It's just, you got to get better. And so Mm -hmm. lean into that. Like basically imagine there's a brick wall in front of you and you just got to prove to the world, to the universe, to whatever, like you just want it bad enough to get through that brick wall and whether or not the business you're in is what will be your end all like money-making machine. It doesn't really matter because as an entrepreneur, the skills you learn when you just push hard and keep pushing will help you as you keep going on your journey. So that's what I found when things get hard. Yeah. Yeah. Rick, both of y'all hit on a lot of things. I used to tell kids, you know, when you lose your fear of a motorcycle, that's when you actually, uh, you, you, you're more prone to death. Yeah. Because you've lost your fear of that motorcycle. A lot of times when you're in business, if you think you got it all, case in point, the bank that just went under, you think you lost your fear. Now, you have to always have that edge that you're talking about or that ledge or whatever you want to call it in order to keep yourself in a certain kind of mindset, in a certain kind of uh, um, to be motivated. Then what I heard, another thing I heard you talk about is know yourself and seek self-improvement. In order for me to know that if I start one job, if I start one company and it's hard, I'm going to jump to another, I'm going to jump to another. I have to know myself. Yeah. And once you know yourself and you know that that's what, what I'm typically want to do, then you have to see self-improvement. How can I fix that portion of me that makes me want to just run to another job or to another mm-hmm. business? So know yeah. yourself and seek self-improvement. Now, I want to tell you, Mexico why do you live it well we know we know we 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 know that um you went down there for your two um what what do they call it the two the two years what do they call it mission a mission, mission. mission. okay so you went down there for your mission and um i guess you fell in love with the place i don't know the situation let let us know why you why you live down in cancun yeah so we're living it's uh about 20 minutes south of playa del carmen in the riviera maya and uh, I'll, ke- I'll keep it a short story, but basically my wife and I are both from um, a little town in Utah. We grew up there, went to high school there. We lived down the street from our high school and the same idea of like, we just wanted to get out of our comfort zone and grow. And so we just felt like we needed to move. Um, and for like nine months, we're like, where should we move? We looked at almost every, you know, bigger city in the U.S. considered it and just nothing felt right. And so again, got on our knees and we're like, Hey, if we're supposed to move, let us know, because if we're not like, we're going to stop worrying about it because it's stressful. Like, yeah, yeah. I just want to like be here if we're supposed to be here. And uh, long story short, we got the impression that we're supposed to move to North Carolina. So we moved to Mexico. I'm just kidding. So um, <laughs> we got the impression of North Carolina. So we flew out the next week. We visited. We're like, yeah, we like this. North Carolina is awesome. Let's do what it. Portion, what part of North Carolina? Raleigh. Raleigh. Okay. Raleigh is a nice Raleigh. city. Yeah. yeah. yeah Growing nice. city. They're way bigger now. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but we'd always wanted to, so I served my mission. We have different areas. When you serve, you get changed around. So my last area, it's a little town, 20 minutes South of Playa Carmen fell in love with it. We came here on our honeymoon. We've come back almost every year since sometimes two times a year. We just love it. We have some friends here and we're like, man, if we're going to move, um, once we get, we've always wanted to live here in Mexico, but we knew once we moved to North Carolina, we'd get settled. We'd get callings in church and start to get, you know, two, two in the, in, in everything to be able to pull away. So we're like, let's take a pit stop in Mexico. And so that this is our pit stop. So we'll be here anywhere from like five months to a year. 
Um, yeah. We got you. If I turned around my camera in the daytime, it's got a nice little laguna and swimming pool. It's, oh, I mean, in Utah right now, there's four feet of snow, and so. <laughs> oh, I know if you guys are feeling good right now. To be here. You're Take a picture good. and send it back to the church. Like, hey guys. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Now, no. now another thing. How are you running your? Well, I know everything is remote, but a lot of times when you're doing, some people like to be actual person. How are you running your company down there? Do you see any, what did you have to change? What dynamics have it presented to you since you've been down there running your company um, uh, um, uh, over the internet or whatever? Yeah, that's a good question. I found that most everything was over the internet anyways. And so it wasn't like too crazy. The one, two things is events. And so um, hosting a conference, create your own economy conference, May 18th through the 20th of this year, 2023 in Salt Lake. So I'm just flying back. Um, mm -hmm. I do have one team member who's in that area, so she can kind of help out and stuff with shipping and whatever we need that way. So that's super helpful. I outsource my sh book shipping to another company, so they do that. Um, so it hasn't been too bad. When we do events, you know, either I'll have people come here or we'll just go somewhere else for when I'm while I'm here. The one thing that I think has been a little difficult is I'd say 80% of my clients are in Utah. And so I wouldn't see them a lot, but I would see them every now and again. Like I try to go out to dinner with one of them every week and, and see them that way. And so I've been having to figure out how to continue the movement and the yeah. momentum mm -hmm. remotely. And what I've found is it just requires more communication, intentional yeah. communication on my part. And so um, as one of my metrics that I track, I reach out to clients each week, see how they're doing, um, let them know I'm available. So it's just yeah. been a little more intentional, but uh, in terms of day-to-day -day business, it really hasn't changed too much. Man, I mean, there, there's so many things about even just the business aspect. I know you were a savant in, in sales, right? But then now you have business operations and you're you're looking at, you know, finances. I mean, you wanted to, you, you were at first going to maybe to, you got your, your degree in accounting. accounting. So, uh, you know, you had that background as well. Um, but what were the biggest challenges for you in really launching out as a, solopreneur, you know, uh, originally uh, in, in your program and kind of learning what does it take to really build a bit? I know you say you got a, 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 a consultant, a coach to help you build your coaching business. Talk to people about that because there's a lot of, there are a lot of um, coaches out there. There are a lot of programs that people say, let me, let me buy into this or buy into that. And actually give a, a plug to your program too and why those things are important as you answer this question. But, you know, you can go on Instagram right now and you can scroll and it's like, all right, go to my, get my program for this amount of dollars, get my program for this amount of dollars. Oh, you want to lose weight. Oh, you want to be a better father. Oh, you want to do this. You know, you want to be a better cars, uh, sell driver, you know, come get this one, be a better cook. You know, you know, the list goes on, right? Everyone's out there. Like, how do you cut through the noise and how do you kind of even sell someone on the benefits of the coaching aspect of it? Yeah, that's a great question. Because of that, because there are so many, I found that um, people don't buy your product until they, you know, they trust you, they like you, they know you, which is why most of our clients in the fan program come through Instagram. That's the, the platform I'm most active on. So they get to know me, know my family, you know, we share testimonials. And so they get to know, like, and trust me over that. And over time, then they feel comfortable. Okay. I want to learn more about the program. You know, they've done studies. It takes like 20 to 50 touches for someone to finally pull the trigger 
to buy something. And so that's emails, text messages, Instagram stories. Like there's, there's a lot of, uh, of work that goes into that. Um, and so in terms of like how I do it, that's a big part is you got to build trust. Um, you know, that's why I put out a podcast, YouTube channel. I have some free trainings and content because people got to know, like, and trust me before they're ever going to give me, you know, a big chunk of change. And in terms of like, um, knowing which, so I guess there were three questions really like, how do I do it? How do you know who to invest in and how can other people do it? Yeah. So how to know who to invest in the biggest thing for me has always been, have they done what I'm trying to do? Mm. The biggest thing, like, have they done what I'm trying to do? Yeah. Really? Like if you just live by that, you're going to be pretty safe. Most of the time, if you, if you really know, have they done what I'm trying to do? Um, and then they're willing to teach me how to do it. Um, another thing that I say is if you can find someone who matches your values, if you believe in God, try to find someone who also believes in God, because I think it's not a requirement, but I think it helps out a lot in terms of, uh, yeah. learning and everything like that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's probably my biggest, I feel like there's one more, but I can't remember. Yeah, well, I, I, well, I do one more, but I want to ask it this way. What, when you, when you, the investment, right? Oh yeah. Let's talk about this part about it. Right. Because, you know, you have a start, a, a starting business and capital is 1800, 18,000. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Capital yeah. is crazy. Right. You know, yeah. they, that's, that's the thing they want to hold most precious to them because rightfully so they need it. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you share? How do you talk to, to those, that business owner saying, Hey, this investment is necessary in order to get where you want to go. You know, don't look at the, mm-hmm. let me not, let me not explain now. Go ahead. You go. <laughs> yeah. That's a great question. And the reason I love what I do so much is because I do it. Like I've gone through, I've spent a lot of money, like over $150,000 on coaches, programs, courses. So I eat my own medicine. I tell people to invest and in, I also do it. And it's helped me every time I've done it from the, I didn't share this part of my story from the very first $97 course I bought in sales to the bigger ones. Um, it's always helped me even when, and I won't go into that, but here's the big thing. You're going to learn things. You're going to learn things one of two ways, either with time or money. Yeah. And you're going to choose whichever you value most. Mm. So if I value time more. I'm going to spend the money for you to teach me so that I don't have to do it myself. Mm-hmm. If I value the money more, I'm going to say, nah, I'm going to go on this bumpy road with potholes and try to figure it out myself. So what the paradigm shift has to be is if it would take you 20 years to learn it on your own, and I could help you learn it in one, then you can enjoy those other 19. Correct. It doesn't matter what the cost is. like. Those are 19 years that you could get back and learn it. And so when I started my business, it's true. Like, you know, I had savings, but 18 grand, you know, I could use that to pay mortgage and pay for food and all that. But I thought the work, I could try to figure it out on my own and maybe succeed, or I could just have on someone who's already done it and for sure succeed. And that was my, my thought process. But like my wife was like $18,000, like you just quit your job. And she's like, Okay, I believe in you. I trust you. Like, let's do it. But it was still like a, oh, that's a lot. Um, and so for me, it's always been, well, if I just learn one thing or make one connection or one little thing that can help me fast track it, 
then it's all worth it. Because for me, time is way more valuable than money. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I know, I know we had you on here for a little while. You're down in this has been fun. Yeah. Uh, but I would be, we would, we would get hit upside our head if this is um international women's month and we didn't give your wife a shout out and have you talk about that support and how it helps you to X, 10 X, 20 X, whatever X um she 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 puts into your business um to your life and your business. Yeah, I mean you think my wife is amazing. I would not be here without her. She's my rock. Um I dated a lot. I was super picky. And my wife just makes me feel calm and confident and trusted. And so she's amazing. But just to like testament to how amazing she is, when we like two weeks before we got married, I quit my cozy corporate accounting job and started in sales, no base, all commission, never done sales before, like starting like a new marriage. And she's like, yeah, you got this. Like, go do it. Believed in me every day would like, if I came home and didn't make a social, like, you got it the next day. You can do it. And been super supportive on that side of it. But then also it's been cool to see her. Um, we went to uh growth con, 2021 growth oh, con. Nice, nice. Me and nice. her. And she's like got this entrepreneurial bug as well now. And so mm -hmm. she started a, a business and um an online clothing boutique called Claymont. And so it's cool seeing her grow as an entrepreneur and invest in herself and do these things. And and then not to mention she's um for the most part, raising our 13 year old son, Stanford, who we adopted. And I don't know, women are just amazing. Like hands down. I was listening to something by Kevin O'Leary the other day. And he's like, I'm not like, well, how did he phrase it? He's like, I don't care if you're male or female. I just look at the returns. And he's like, by far the women ran companies earn more money than the male ran companies. So I'm investing in the women ran companies. And so yeah, I think women are just amazing. And my wife has been a rock for me for sure. Oh man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know Ricky, you're gonna rap. Yeah. Can you just dispel because you're you love Mexico and we see what what happened down there and all this stuff. Can you just dispel some of the myths? Because I know they act like people over here don't get kidnapped and killed, right? But <laughs> just dispel some of the myth that um for people that are looking to come down to Mexico, um, what to look for, um, you know, j j yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Mexico people are so kind and loving and hardworking. And every time I hear like, so I'll go into these little towns and I'll say, so is it safe? And they're like, oh yeah, it's safe. And I was like, oh, well, someone said it wasn't safe. And they're like, well, I mean, yeah, it's like any city. If you go to the bad part of town and hang out with bad people, yeah, it's not safe. But if you just hang out where you're supposed to and hang out with good people, like you're going to be safe. And same in Mexico city, same in Cancun, same in all parts. And I mean, all over the world, freak accidents happen, but I've never felt unsafe. People are amazing. People are super kind. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess if more people don't come, then there's more, more for us to enjoy. But yeah, if you're thinking about <laughs> yeah, it, I yeah, highly, right. highly recommend coming down. Hey, Rick and uh, I'll have to take you up on that one day and come through. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's if you're it. still there, you may be in North Carolina. If you're Carolina, still there, you, you might be in North Carolina, Utah, yeah. uh, 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 Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we love it, Kevin. Man, I, I want to end with this last question here as a question we ask all of our guests. Uh, and you kind of actually already alluded to it a little earlier um, when you said yeah. you'll go back and slap that, slap that kid, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, when... 
the question is, if you can go back to a point in life and knowing what you know now, what would you say to that younger Kevin? Um, it can be any point in your journey. It could be after you realize that, hey, cycling is not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to earn anything with cycling here. It could be right before you went on your mission trip. It could be, you know, when you got off or, or got your degree, wherever you choose, like what would you, yeah, 30, 60 seconds with that, Kevin, what would you say? Well, I'll do it in two ways. Number one, I think I'm grateful I didn't know what I know now because I probably wouldn't have started because I was dumb and naive enough to think I could do it. And I think you need a little bit of that naivety when you're starting a business. Um, and then number two, I would say, enjoy the journey. And yeah. the reason I say that is if you read the book, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, the very yeah. end of his book, he's gone through hell, built a billion dollar company. At the mm -hmm. very end of his book, he says, my one regret is that I can't go do it all over again. Yeah. And in that moment, I always cry when I hear it. Yeah. He's like, in that moment, I learned that it was the journey that he enjoyed, not yes. the final outcome. It was the journey. So I try to remind myself that so much of like, enjoy the journey. I wish I could go back to college, Kevin, and be like, dude, it's okay. Like you'll figure it out. Just like enjoy the journey. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I you're going to go watch that movie when it comes out. It's about to come out. Um, the, um, Michael Jordan. Yeah. What doing, is that? Nike, they're doing a, they're doing Nike. a Nike uh, movie. Yeah. They're about yeah. to have a movie about, um, about uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I, but, but that book you just mentioned, I love that book. My kids love that book. I had, we were listening to it uh, probably a couple of years ago uh, on the way to school. That was our morning trip That's awesome. uh, book. So, but listen, Kev, man, it's been great having you on. Uh, really appreciate all your thoughts uh, for just, just to make sure that if everyone knows where to find you, can you just share again, um, Instagram, website, book, even your event that's coming up so that everyone's aware. Yeah, you guys are awesome. I appreciate it. Um, two biggest places. Um, Instagram is at Kevin Karchner with K. Um, I'm most active on there. And then any platform, that's my username. And then the second place is if uh, any of your listeners want to grab a free copy of my book, um, if they just cover shipping, then they can go to talkischeapbook.com. Um, it's like nine bucks for shipping and then we'll ship them out a free copy. Love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Hey, this is beautiful. Yeah, wonderful, man. Thank you again for gracing us on our, on our podcast. And you also have a podcast as well. You didn't mention that as well. Um, uh, I have a podcast. I mean, you can find it. It's uh, The Fight Against Mediocrity. Yeah. But uh, I mean... If your listeners are here, they're in a good spot. I mean, so I uh, appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank we, we, you. We always like repping our our, our fellow uh, podcasters yeah. on here, <laughs> man, and, and bring the awareness of podcasting uh, more to the world. So, listeners, travelers, want to thank you again for joining in with us. Without you, we we would not be here. I mean, Marlon, I would probably be here just talking, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> knowing that we're talking to you guys makes it even even better, right? Um, so we want to let you know that we will be here next week at the same time at the same place. Take a moment, check out our website, the successjourneyshow.com. Don't, don't, don't be selfish. Share this podcast with somebody that's out there and needs to hear this message, needs to hear this story. Um, and we'll be back with you guys next week at the same time, the same place on the success journey show. Everyone have a good one. Peace. Right, one love. Man, on a mission, I'm a kid, you know I be on a one.